Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you again this week. A bit later in our program, we're going to talk with Christina Sikiotis, the project manager of Create and Innovate at Hunter TAFE, and she's just had an exciting innovation breakfast, which she's going to tell us about. We're also talking with Alexander Gallimore from AV Chartered Accountants about some of those increased penalties that the Australian Taxation Office is now imposing. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Carolyn Tate, a seasoned marketer and author of two books with Connect Marketing about that elevator speech. Good afternoon, Caroline. Hi, Julian. Thanks for joining us again. Um, now, it's an interesting, it caught my attention, the ditch the elevator speech. Uh, I suppose we start off with what is an elevator pitch? Well, an elevator pitch is probably quite an American term, Julian. Um, in Australia, perhaps we should call it the lift pitch. <laughs> and it's basically what you do um, when you go to a networking event, someone will say to you, you know, what do you do? The standard question at a business networking event. And most of us will answer the standard, who do you do it for, what do you do, I mean, who do you do it for, what you offer, and so on. And so the idea is that within 30 seconds, if you were in a in an elevator or a lift uh, with somebody uh, that did ask that question, you'd be able to, uh, in the 30 seconds that the lift would take to go from ground floor to to whatever level, you'd, you'd be able to get out your spiel and, and put forward your, your proposition uh, within 30 seconds. Well, everyone's always saying we should have one, so why do you think it doesn't work? Well, I think it's quite inauthentic. I think there are a lot of people teaching that you've got to talk about, you know, all these key messages and you've also got to um, listen to the person and what they've got to say and it's, it's quite a rehearsed rehearsed thing for a lot of people and I've been to many networking events and you turn up and you ask that question and people just go straight into and we do this and we offer this product and we offer this service and they they tend to put their sales hat on straight away and I think that really turns people off. I think it's pretty inauthentic, it's too salesy and and really it's quite boring. Um, The eyes glaze over quite regularly I think for many people when they get given the, the lift pitch. So what would you do instead then? Well, I am a big fan for having purpose conversations. So um, Simon Sinek has written a book called Start With Why and there's a fabulous TED Talk with him as well. And he makes the statement that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Mm. So the big why is what I'm suggesting is that a purpose level is a, is, is a purpose conversation. So when you're at a networking event and someone says, what do you do? You could say, so I can give you my own, um, my own purpose conversation if you like. I would, uh, I would say, um, you know, I'm a marketer. But I'm not the usual type of marketer. I believe in in marketing. I believe that marketing actually is broken, and that as an industry, marketing is contributing to you know breaking down humanity. And I kind of go into my big why, which is then about believing that there's a better way, and that conscious marketing is the new way. And that's about really thinking very thoughtfully about your marketing. And then I, I, I sort of, I mean, this is a conversation that's not, mm, I don't yeah, sure. blurt it out all at once like I, I am now, but it, it turns into a conversation about the big why, um, why I do what I do, and I'm very passionate about leading a movement 
of people that want to do more conscious marketing and move away from what I'm calling this unconscious binge marketing, which I think a lot of businesses do at all levels. They, they tend to spray and pray their messages far and wide and hope that some of it sticks. And I'm very passionate about changing the way people market their business and ultimately so that it improves humanity and, and, and actually does, you know, make a difference in the world and makes marketing a force for good. So they're the kinds of messages that I would have. And I always would go into a story as well. You know, I don't just talk about what I believe. I, I give case studies or, or examples of clients that have practiced um, uh, more conscious marketing practices and how it's worked for them and how it's helped them be more profitable, how it's given them more joy in their business, how it's helped their whole, whole company be a better company as such. So... The purpose conversation is much more meaningful, it's much more memorable, it's much more authentic. And, and the big difference is that it comes from your heart, yeah. whereas a elevator pitch or a, pitch, a lift pitch comes from your head. Yeah. And, and I think people engage with the heart and the why. And, and we need to be having purpose conversations at networking events rather than lift pitch conversations as such. And you mentioned the word several times about yourself, passionate. And I think obviously people want to do business with people who are passionate about what they do so I think that's important what are the three most important things in a, a business owner can do in marketing uh, the three most important things for marketing for a business well I think the most important thing is to get the why right you know why are you in business and how is your business making a difference and and um, really answering that why question I think the second thing is really looking at the product and the service that you're offering and making sure it is so, so good, Julian, that people will want to learn more about it and be a part of it and, and tell people about it. I think many companies offer a Me Too product or service um, and it's not really differentiated and it's not really that compelling and not very exciting. And so it's very hard for people to engage with that uh, with your company and your, or your product and service if it's not really very compelling. Mm. And I think the other part of marketing is really understanding who it is that you really can serve and taking um, the mentality from being a service and a serving organisation to a, to a sell, you know, away from a selling organisation. And, and really what the whole concept of conscious marketing that I talk about is it's really about building something that's an, so good and so compelling um, into your business and into your offering that people just want to join your tribe and then they just want to tell everyone about you. And what happens from that is that you then don't have to be doing a lot of what I call unconscious binge marketing, which is, you know, spreading your messages as far and wide as possible. So... So working on the inside, taking an inside-out approach, um, which is not really what most marketers would teach. Mm, great. Well, thanks very much for your inspiration there, uh, Carolyn, and we'll have a chat with you again another time. Excellent. Thank you for having me, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Carolyn Tate there from Connect Marketing with a new concept on marketing. And, yeah, it's, it's good to take away some of that hard-on selling, isn't it? And if you're interested, visit her website, connectmarketing.com.au. She has done a number of reports there on her ideas and conscious marketing. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7.
Time to head over to AV Chartered Accountants, but Tony's not there today. We're going to have a chat with Alexander Gallimore. Good afternoon, Alexander. Good afternoon, Julian. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for sitting in for Tony. My pleasure. So today we're going to talk about those increased penalties that the Australian Taxation Office have now introduced. That's right, Julian. As of the 28th of December last year, the ATO have increased their standard penalty unit from $110 to $170. Now, the standard penalty unit is simply a base penalty applied to a wide range of breaches in tax obligations, uh, such as late lodgement of a tax document or misrepresentation on a tax document, such yeah. as an activity statement or a, an income tax return. Now, this is the, the first increase to the penalty since 1997, when it was increased to $110. And to give that some sort of context, the Reserve Bank's inflation data indicates that $110 in 1997 money would be roughly equivalent to about $166 in 2012 money. So this increase is broadly in line Already with in. the rate of inflation. Yeah, and, and it applies to per month, doesn't it? Well, it's, it's interesting. It, it applies um, on, a, on a per offence basis. Okay. In the case of late lodgement, you're correct, it applies every 28-day period, mm. uh, up to a total of five 28-day periods that the document is late. So that, that's a total of $850 it can get up to mm. if people are not careful about their lodgement responsibilities. Mm. Now, one of the things that's uh, come up in the last few weeks is the fact that people using Macintoshes have trouble sometimes using uh, online uh, ATO, online um, software, because of a Java problem. Yeah, that's, that's correct. This is an issue that, um, that sort of came out of the blue when, when Apple upgraded their operating system with OS uh, 10.7. Uh, we're now actually up to OS 10.8 and the problem persists. Now, some listeners may know, know this is OS X Lion and OS X Mountain Lion. Essentially what's happened is, is with the difference in how these new operating systems handle this Java programming language, some of the ATO's online functionality doesn't quite work as well as it used to. Now, the good news is there is a fix for this, which is a little bit convoluted and a little bit technical to explain mm. over the radio. So what I might do is direct people, if they are encountering this issue, to go to a website. That website is forums.whirlpool.net.au forward slash archive forward slash 1999743. And there's a nice detailed instruction there. It's very simple, laid out very clearly that it can help you resolve this issue. And of course the other point to, to mention is that some people have been hit with uh, late fees because they couldn't uh, lodge their returns. If that's the case because of this problem, they can contact the tax office and uh, get that uh, deferred or, or removed. Absolutely, yes. The tax office is very aware of this issue and they're, they're very happy to, uh, to remove those penalties, as you say, if you've encountered issues um, because, of, because of your use of a Mac. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Alexander, and uh, we'll have Tony back in the chair next week, so thanks for sitting in for him. Thank you, Julian. And we'll probably talk to you another time when Tony's not available. Well, he's hoping. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Alexander Gallimore there from the... Uh,
AV Chartered Accountants, helping us to understand or be, or be aware that the tax office has increased its penalties. And, of course, if you do have that issue with Java and using your Macintosh, there is a fix at forums.whirlpool.net.au slash archive slash 19997433. And we'll be back with the world of tax with Tony Vidray, next week. Well now it's time for our Minute on Innovation with Christina Sikiotis who's just come back from an innovation breakfast. Good afternoon Christina. Hi Julian, how are you? I'm very well thank you and you must have been excited after having a nice motivated breakfast. Absolutely inspiring Julian and you're going to have to cut me off after a minute because okay. I'm sure I've got five or ten minutes worth of things to tell you. Um, it, was a, it was a breakfast hosted by um, actually our Melbourne partner Inventium. And what they did was they co-partnered or collaborated with um, BRW to find Australia's top 30 innovative companies. Now, if I don't know if anybody read the December interview, uh, the December version of BRW, but they were all listed in in that in that um, edition. Mm. So this morning we actually heard from Clickview, who are an educational AV. Um, they do some some AV for schools. Uh, the Commonwealth Bank actually came second. And they, what, they were brilliant in their top-down approach to, to innovation. They actually, Julian, have an Innovation Academy Award mm. uh, where they have employees feed into an ideas bank um, and then they, the ideas bank is voted on by some of their, by the rest of the employees. If it gets enough votes, they actually provide seed funding and time for people to develop that idea, which I think is absolutely sensational. And it's a real commitment from management to innovation mm. within a company. Um, the company that came third was Blue Chili, and what they do, they actually help startups. So they've got their goal, their KPI, if you like, is to um, get two startups off the ground per month, and they've got a list, they've written a program where they've got 156 things that these people need to do um, in order to get the startup happening. And what they do is they help you along the way. So they help match you up with the with the angel investor or the venture capitalist. They help you do the marketing, the branding, things like that, so that all you need to focus on is the actual idea itself. So I've got lots more to tell you. Have we got time? Or do yeah, you, we can do have another, another half minute. Another half a minute? Okay. So we also heard from Dr. Amanda Imber, who's very inspiring. Um, the Inventium actually have lots of science-based ideas around innovation, but the most important things, there were three things that she said that really stood out to me. Set your solid foundation for innovation, stop playing it safe if you want to get anywhere, and stop being boring. Wow. So I think there were three really important takeouts from that meeting. So as you said off air, many of the things we've talked about on the radio over the last year were covered. Correct. Yep, correct. And um, and the other thing is, Julian, I'm I'm heading off also to um, an Oz Innovation uh, evening this afternoon, and their theme is return on innovation. So oh. there's, you know, if people don't actually put the investment in, they're not going to get any return. So we can talk about that next week as well. Sounds good. Have a good okay. week, and we'll chat with you next week. Okay, you too. Bye, Thanks, Julian. Bye, bye. Christina Sikiatis there. Very obviously excited and motivated from her breakfast and uh, interesting that the things we talk about are the things that the progressive companies are doing. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. We've uh, looked at uh, ditching that elevator speech and being a little bit more uh, conscious of what we're doing rather than selling why we're doing it, more passionate about uh, our marketing. We've spoken about those increases with the ATO. 
And in a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to talk about contractors versus employers employees with Rebecca McKenzie from Baker Love Lawyers. We'll enter the world of tax again with Tony Vidre and of course a minute on innovation with Christina Sikiotis. I'd love your company again at the same time for business, the law and you. Until then, have a safe and prosperous week and as Cher once said, I've always taken risks and never worried what the world might really think of me. <laughs>